Today, as I record this, it's March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And I posted a video on Instagram in the morning, and I haven't posted many videos since my daily Veg Your Best Through the Holidays video challenge, so a couple months more. So I posted a four-minute video on Instagram, which is the first time I figured out how to do that, and I was feeling a bit delighted with myself and proud, yeah, proud for finally figuring out how to do this thing, which has been on my to-do list for weeks. Feeling a little relieved, a little proud that I just kept doing things and learning things. And then as I'm going about my morning today, coaching, getting organized, I see on my news feed that someone's been arrested for killing eight people. Killing eight people in Georgia in what seems to be a specific targeting of Asian women. So in a few minutes, moments even, my feelings of relief and pride and delight start to be feelings of nausea, disbelief, outrage, and then embarrassment and shame. My feelings changed because I thought, not again. Disbelief. I thought, so much death. And I felt nauseated. I thought, I can't believe this kind of thing keeps happening in our country. And I felt outrage. Then I thought, what an idiot I am for not checking the news before I posted my jokey St. Patrick's video. And I felt embarrassment. And I thought, I look like I don't even care about what happened. And I felt shame. That's the tricky thing about feelings. The thing that we don't always notice. Feelings come from a thought. Sometimes we notice the feeling first, but there's always a thought that preceded it. So I record my podcast today with some anxiety and some trepidation because my work, my work is primarily about how to eat more plants and set big goals. And that's in the same 24 hours as the Asian community in the U.S. has been attacked. And if I tell myself that my work is trivial in this context, I definitely feel anxiety and trepidation. This is what some of you might not know about feelings. They don't just happen to us. My feelings today are not created by the circumstances of the news report from Georgia. They're caused by my thoughts about this news. My thoughts of what appears to be a racially motivated multiple murder. Every feeling that we have is preceded by a thought. And this is one of the most powerful things that I've ever learned. All our feelings, every feeling, is created by a thought. 
And I know, I absolutely know it doesn't always feel like that when things happen in the world and when things happen in our lives, we think, no, that's what's causing our feelings. But those feelings are usually, and by usually I mean always, preceded by a thought. Because before I saw the news report today, I did not have these feelings. As I understand the reports right now, this is an ongoing investigation, and my thoughts are with all the people involved. So vegheads and veg your besties, we're going to forego the usual music and upbeat intro this week because I'm not feeling it today, because I'm thinking a thought that it doesn't seem appropriate. And so this is a good day to talk about feelings and the thoughts that create them. And there may actually be an infinite number of feelings and gradations of feelings because there are certainly an infinite number of thoughts we can have. For example, when my husband and I recently received our second COVID vaccine, we felt felt really grateful. And when I see my grandson on a video have his little tantrum, I feel delight. And when a family member is diagnosed with cancer, we may feel scared. And when I spend 40 minutes on hold with customer service, I may feel allegedly irritated. And if my shoulder is so very painful that it wakes me up when I roll over on it, I may feel demoralized. And when we learned last year that after 50 plus hours of labor, my daughter had safely delivered a healthy son with her husband by her side, my husband and I were ecstatic. It might seem like those circumstances I just enumerated caused the feelings. But the truth is we only feel the things we do because when those circumstances happen, we have a thought about it. So when my husband and I received our second jab of the COVID vaccine, we felt so grateful because we were thinking, now with this treatment, we can spend some time with our kids. I haven't seen my adult children and their spouses and our grandson since October. And when I see my grandson on a video have a little tantrum, I feel delight because I think, look how frustrated he gets because he's trying so hard to do something that's just a little too difficult for him still. And when a family member is diagnosed with cancer, we may feel scared. When I had to tell my mom that her doctor had seen a cancerous lesion on her imaging and that her case was being transferred to a cancer specialist, I was scared because I thought, oh my gosh, maybe I'll do this wrong. Maybe I'll scare her. Maybe I should wait. When I spend 40 minutes on hold with customer service, I may feel irritated because I'm thinking, you know, I've got more important things to do with my time. And if my shoulder's so very painful that it wakes me up when I roll over on it, I may feel demoralized 
demoralized because I'm thinking, this has been going on for weeks. It should be resolved by now. Or maybe my shoulder will never get better. And when we learned last year that after 50 plus hours of labor, my daughter had safely delivered the healthy son of hers with her husband by her side, we were ecstatic because we were thinking, what a miracle. They're all safe, all together, and all healthy in spite of all the complications of giving birth in a COVID pandemic. In every case, our feelings, my feelings, were caused by a thought. And I think this might be really good news for you. Or at least very interesting news. Because if you're feeling unhappy, that feeling is a result of a thought you are thinking now. And don't get me wrong. You never have to change your thought or feel any differently if you don't want to. I don't want to feel differently right now about the news of the shootings in Georgia. But it does mean that your feelings are not just happening to you. You do have control over them. You can decide. In fact, at any moment, if you want to keep the feeling you're feeling, or if you want to feel something different. And this is, this is a really powerful realization. The feelings you are experiencing are a result of sentences in your head. And if you don't like the way you're feeling, you could, you could choose to feel differently by changing the sentence in your head. Right now, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? If you're listening to this, you are probably not feeling, I don't know, you're probably not feeling an intense emotion right now. I am not sure that my podcasts typically elicit intense emotions, sometimes embarrassment, usually on my part when I listen to them. And I think, holy moly, that was long. And that's what happened last week. Did you listen? If so, wow, I'm sorry, and I hope it was on 2x speed because that was a long one. I didn't even really realize. (laughs) I didn't really realize it until it was off to the sound guy for editing, and then I was just bewildered by what had happened. Bewildered because I was thinking, how the heck did I talk into the microphone that long? Bewildered. Don't worry, we won't go that long again. But back to you. What sentence in your head, what thought is causing your current feeling, whatever it is? Maybe, I wonder what Michelle is talking about. That sentence might elicit curiosity. Or you might be thinking, I like walking and listening to podcasts. That might be a feeling of calm or well-being. Or you might be thinking something like, 2x speed, can you really listen to podcasts at 2x speed? That might be a feeling of distraction or wonder. Once you identify what the feeling is and then 
the thought causing the feeling, you can decide if you want to change the thought. Let me give you a tiny example that might illustrate this. We have all probably been in a store or a building where we went out of our way to hold the door nicely for someone, and they just sailed through and paid no attention, said nothing, no thank you, no smile. And if you're like me, many of you will have thought, what an entitled, self-involved, classless, poorly brought up piece of work. So that thought elicits a lot of judgment and condemnation, right? Now, I have tried not to judge people so harshly, but it can occasionally bubble out of me. But I remember the day after my dad suddenly died. I was in a medical office complex, and I was walking in kind of a fog, just trying with all my emotional might not to just crumple somewhere and sob. And as I walked outside the building into the courtyard there, someone behind or to the side, I heard them say, You're welcome, stupid cow. I remember like it was yesterday. It was May of 2015. I was in Boston. And only after those words did I start to realize I just walked through a door someone had held for me. And by the time I put it together, I was fully outside. And I remember thinking, I can't apologize coherently now, but I am never going to judge anyone for things like that again. And I felt chastened. The woman who had kindly held the door for me and was clearly thinking something like, What an entitled, self-involved, classless, poorly brought up piece of work. Well, she may still even remember me, and she may remember that occasion because her tone indicated that she was feeling annoyed. And this is kind of interesting, that when we're feeling a feeling, actually we're the only ones who get to experience that feeling. When the woman holding the door was angry at me, for example, she was the only one that got to, I don't know, enjoy, to experience that horrible feeling. That feeling didn't jump out of her physical essence and infiltrate me. Maybe someone else even saw the whole situation from another vantage point, but may have noticed my swollen eyes and tear-stained face and thought, poor thing, something must be wrong with her. And maybe they felt sympathy or compassion from the same action that I took, walking mindlessly through a door that someone else held. So today we're kind of doing a post-mortem on feelings, on past feelings, and looking for the underlying thoughts. And this is important especially when you find yourself with a feeling that is not super helpful. And even if I'm not telling you anything utterly new, I'm going to bet that there are feelings that pop up for you regularly that you 
tend to think are just the way it is, even if those feelings are keeping you stuck. And what I want you to consider, what I'm trying to say is that every feeling you have is actually optional because every thought is optional. We get to make it mean whatever we want. So how is this truth helpful in your life? Well, I want to point out that most of the time, we don't recognize the power we have to choose our thoughts and then subsequently choose our feelings. Our thoughts are happening so fast. Our feelings slide in or explode or crest like a wave over us. And we think we just feel awful because of the problems in our lives or the news in the country, or the diagnoses of our loved ones. And so we find ourselves miserable and victimized by the troubles and circumstances without understanding it's our thinking that's causing it. And sometimes you're like, wait, what? Are you saying that I'm the cause of this? That's not okay. But that's when you've forgotten that every problem starts as a thought. If you're thinking, no, there are bad things that happen and those are problems, well, I understand. But the truth is, things just happen. And then when I think they're bad, they become problems. Does that sound like unnecessary semantics? Maybe, but try it on with me. Things happen, and until we know about them, we just don't have a thought about them, so they're not problems yet. We have no pain about death and murder and illness that we haven't found out about yet. So that's how we know. That's why the Stoics teach that these facts, these actions, these deaths or diagnoses They're externals. They are just circumstances in our human lives, right? And they are neutral until we have a thought about them. As Shakespeare said, there is nothing good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. And this is not, to my mind, any sort of moral relativism. This is actually taking full ownership of our thoughts and feelings. When I hear the kind of news about the murders in Georgia, the increase in violence against Asians in the United States, I do think it is a sign of something deeply wrong in our country. And I do feel outraged. And I have the thought, it shouldn't be that way. And yet it is. So I hope this is clear. I'm not saying that you have to just think positive thoughts about anything. As humans, I believe feeling deeply negative emotions is part of our humanity. It's part of what hopefully helps us develop other feelings like compassion, justice, hope, commitment, dedication, resolve, curiosity, 
solidarity, and a million other positive emotions that will fuel our human actions to create safety and awareness, legal action, health initiatives, education, support. And if all I'm thinking is, this shouldn't happen, I may just feel blind rage, blame, condemnation. And that may feel powerful and justifiable and righteous, but it won't create much change. By the time you hear this episode, some other news story may have blown this one off the front pages. And when we're feeling condemnation and blame and outrage, there's not much staying power there. We're ready for the next awful news story. So I encourage you, I encourage you to get very nuanced about your feelings and your thoughts. You don't have to choose all of them. I know you have jobs and families and chores, but the dark feelings, the angry feelings, the feelings of self-loathing, I encourage you to investigate these. How do you want to act? What results do you want in your life? That's all you get to decide. You don't get to decide what circumstances happen, but you do get to choose how you show up. It's very natural, very human for our brain to think that if we could just change the circumstances, the viruses, our family, the people in our country, then we could feel better. But really, feeling better is an inside job. It's our job, our job alone to feel better. Our feelings are only created by our thoughts, and we will feel better when we think different thoughts. So if you aren't acting and being the kind of person you want to be, it's only because you're being fueled by unproductive emotions and emotions that aren't serving you. And there's nothing wrong with you if that's true. But there is an option. If you want to act differently, if you want to show up differently and have a different result in your life, then you have to change the feeling that you're approaching the problems with. And we do that by changing our thoughts. It's one of the most important things I think you can learn. Your thoughts are always your choice. And so your problems are actually always your choice. So you right now, how are you feeling about your work, your family, your finances, your health, your community? What's a problem that's been eating at you? What is it? The thought that is underlying that feeling. You know, sometimes if you're not sure the exact problem, it's good to know that at its essence, you probably have a thought that something like, something should be different. So there's a thing, and you think, no, that thing should not be that way. And you feel not great. There's a thing, and you think, no, that should not be that way, and you feel 
not great. These are should problems, right? Should problems are not great problems because they're just arguments with reality. When you see where you're arguing with reality now, you can get more detailed, more nuanced, and then you have a direction. So if you, my veg your best listeners, have a thought like, my partner shouldn't be eating so much meat. They know it's bad and it hurts me and it's unhealthy for them and it's terrible for our planet. Well, that will be our subject next week. When someone you love eats in a way you don't like. And I hear a couple of you thinking, wait, Michelle, are you saying that I am making how my partner eats a problem? No, it's how they eat that's the problem. Don't tell me I'm the one making this a problem. Great. Another reason everything's my fault, (laughs) right? (laughs) Don't worry. Really, don't worry. This is actually the best news. Because if you're open to seeing that you are choosing your problems by choosing your thoughts, then you can solve your problems by choosing some slightly different thoughts right? You've got problems because you've got thoughts, but you've also got the solution because you get to choose your thoughts. And I'm not saying that you ever need to feel good about anything you don't feel good about. But you can start with the question, how do I want to feel about this? And that might help lead you to the next thought. So, how do you want to feel? Sometimes you'll want to feel sad. And sometimes you might even want to feel irritated. But if you're really honest, you don't want to stay there too long because there's nothing to be done there. Yes, sometimes you might want to feel angry. And sometimes you want to feel excited or scared. And sometimes you might tell me you just want to feel happy, but remember, you are choosing all of it. And whenever you get tired of feeling one way, you have the option to change that feeling by deliberately choosing a different thought. Whenever you want to change your feeling, you only need to change that sentence in your brain. How do I want to feel? Answer it. How do I want to feel? The circumstances aren't going to change. But if that's how I want to feel, then how do I need to think about it? You have a lot more control over what you think than you may currently think. And that's what we'll talk about next week. Fed your besties. If you've got a feeling or a thought about something you want to discuss on this podcast, drop me a message or an email. Or if you want to get in touch for a free coaching call, the links are in the notes. And you can always message me through VegYourBest or email me at info at MichelleOlanderCoaching.com. All that information is in the notes. And in the meantime, let's all put our thoughts to work on solutions to protect and value all our fellow citizens, all our fellow community members, and to show up for the Asian American community right now, which has been reeling in recent weeks, particularly this week. 
Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.